I go, there's something very off. Yeah, I like, know. You said that to weird. me. You said it to me. I don't me. like it. <laughs> I did, right? Yeah. I don't remember that specific conversation, but I was like annoyed. Uh, yes, you, know? you were. And you said it. We were, I, we were, <laughs> I remember one time I was, I was pitching, I, I was standing up in front of you guys yeah. and explaining, yeah. you know, I, I built this big, fin, you know, financial formula or spreadsheet or whatever. And I was laying it out for everybody. And you cut me off and you were like, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, <laughs> like. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hey guys, welcome back to In House. For today's episode, we are continuing the conversation about the various amazing people who are a part of Something Navy. I'm joined by Matt Scanlon. He is the CEO of Something Navy, which means Matt is at the top of all things for our lifestyle brand from the day-to-day decisions and working with the entire team to keeping us on track for growth and success. I couldn't run Something Navy without Matt, so today we'll take the time to get to know him, his path to Something Navy, what his role involves, and how he plays a part in growing the brand. Hi, Matt. I am so freaking excited. And I'm like, uh, I feel like a proud, I don't know, like, I am so proud of this moment, to be honest with you. I haven't seen you like this behind the... You love a podcast. I do love a podcast. Yeah. But I like, you remember the first time we ever started talking about podcasts? It's like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And look at this. We have a really, we have a really funny picture of me, Tara and Nikki in that conference room <laughs> in the old office. And then we also... Filmed something with Brandon back then. I you feel did. like, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? It was like a three-hour crazy three-hour conversation that the editors were like, yeah. our heads exploded listening to this. We don't even we don't even know what to. I to know. Do. <laughs> I feel like my followers feel the same way though because I definitely teased it over a year ago, and they've been DMing me since, being like, "Are you ever going to launch that podcast?" Yeah. So I'm very excited. This is happening. Podcast, modcast. But um. Why don't we start with telling everyone how you joined the team? Let's start with how we met, how we got introduced. I feel like that's embarrassing. That's an embarrassing story for me, but I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll share it. I remember. Yeah. Well, it's it's an embarrassing story. At your store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Why is- you came by the Nottam store and um, I remember like the whole marketing team was like in a tizzy, like oh, Aaron. It was Sarah. Sarah was Sarah there. was there. Of course, we wanted yeah. we wanted Sarah there. I wait. Was Sarah not normally there? You had her there because I was going. Is this new oh information God, for you? I had no. I had no idea. Of course, she's not normally wait, there. Wait, you put. Of course not. That is so funny. I didn't even like put that together. Sarah came. I was like, okay, I need, I need, Sarah, I need Sarah with me. Um, I'm gonna come by like real cool and casual on my bike and say hi. Like, I, oh, <laughs> like I was just coming by. Like, whatever. The whole marketing team was in a tizzy, and I remember talking to, and she's probably gonna listen to this. My, remember my my brother's girlfriend, now my future sister in law, was like, "You're meeting yes. Ariel." Like, everyone was freaking out about it. This is this is before I knew anything, like anything whatsoever. That is so funny. And I came by, was objectively nervous, just like nervous, right? Like right, been following, right. I've been hyped up like crazy. Everyone had been telling me about you and everything. So I've been following enough. 
And you were this is before our post, right? Yeah, yeah, the post yes, we did. definitely. Okay, this is before. And yeah. um, uh, I I'd been following, so I knew I knew like everything about your life, which is something you probably run into all the time. You meet people and they're like, oh, like yeah. you know, I know your dog just went out on a walk, and I know you know whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I think I. I think I said something when we were first talking, like that I knew where you lived or something so creepy and weird that like for the next day, I was like thinking to myself, like, shit, I can't believe I said that. I don't remember that. But isn't that crazy? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Like, I remember you coming up on your bike and you were like very friendly. And I was like, why why is this person talking? (laughs) I had no idea it was your store. Like, I didn't know that you were, you know what I mean? So funny. So I was like very confused. But, but I remember that, that day specifically it was and i remember meeting sarah yeah i know i wanted well and then we had bryce was there another guy on the team we like sent like the a team over to <laughs> to greet you and <laughs> it was that a it was so a big funny. moment yeah everyone was in a tizzy yeah and and i so i knew about you and i'd heard you know just yeah. across industry um uh, just your impact for, for brands, right? As a brand founder in the consumer and specifically, I'd say apparel category, um, you, you know, I know I'm like asking you up pretty good here, but like you were like a revered influencer figure, right? Like people had talked about you like it was myth related to the impact on their business. She did this and this happened. And so we, we naturally were, were really excited um, and it was one of the first things we'd really done in the category. So we're, we didn't know what the expectation was other than, you know, what we'd heard we came by the store, we met and then. Why don't you tell people though, like what, who we is like, oh, yeah. you're. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just forgot. Tell them about Nana. Um, well, yeah. So, so this all happened because six years ago I had started Nottam. Um, Nottam is a D2C, I, I guess we would call it apparel. I mean, we make sweaters, right? And um, we focused on cashmere sweaters. All things cashmere. All things cashmere, but, yeah. but also really focused on sustainability. You know, that was like actually my passion. Do you know this? That before I started, not only I started a nonprofit. I mean, that's how like the, that all began, was running that nonprofit. I do know that. Yeah. I do know that, yeah. And so the fact that like I'm here and we're doing this like is like very funny. Right. I, I just right. wanted to help a bunch right. of herders in, in the Gobi Desert in Mongolia. And now you know, I make women's clothing. So I don't know. But um, yeah, it started Nottam. Lucky in a lot of ways. Nottam became a really big, exciting business. Um, and um, that was the, the way we got in touch. And I was running Nottam 100% of the time. Um, that, that was my focus. And um, we got introduced. Uh, faithfully, I, I suppose. And, and so not, um, well, you, yeah, you hired me. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very funny thing to say nowadays. <laughs> I know. So not, um, hired me as an influencer to, um, like swing by the store and pick things out, which I did. And that's where I met Matt and Sarah and Sarah, who does our merchandising for Zion Navy and not, um, and Takoon, all, all the brands, but, um, that's where I met all of them. I didn't think much of it. I just remember thinking like, oh, these are really cute sweaters and turtlenecks, so great funny. price point. Very happy to promote it. And then I posted it and it did really well. And um, somehow Matt, I mean, you'll explain how you and Brandon got connected um, after that post. But 
once Brandon came into the picture, it was like not even. Yeah. It just was like lightning speed. Everything happened re- really, going really fast. Part of really, really fast. Yeah. But I think we glazed over the fact that uh, it wasn't just like a post and it did well. It was a post and the, ret- the response was like astronomical. I think. I don't remember what the fee structures were, but we did literally make $120,000 in, in response to that initial post. And we'd never seen anything like that before. And I went back to the marketing team and I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I asked, I was like, how do, you, how do you do more of this from a marketing perspective? And the marketing team that was there at the time basically laughed at me and said, well, there is no more. It doesn't exist. There's nothing else <laughs> like Ariel Charnas and right. something Navy. And my wheels started spinning um, because I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand how, how it was possible. Been doing this for a while, not a $100 million business by, the, by this time. We found a lot of success. We'd done things really well, but I'd never seen anything like this. So I knew it was really, really special, very unique. And I started to qualify quickly on my own without, without like doing anything else that there was obviously this incredible brand opportunity um, and started learning more. And, and that's how then, yes, <laughs> Brandon and I got introduced. So we, we obviously clicked as, as friends and I, we wanted to know more about the business. So, so we, we started talking about that. And then one thing led to another. And I told him what I felt the first time we worked together, you, you and I. And, right. um, you know, you put me through a ringer for six months. Do you remember those first few meetings? I, well, wait. So the next question is, what? why did Ariel choose to bring Matt <laughs> she on? Did, she didn't. <laughs> News alert. <laughs> that was a very, um, that was a very interesting couple of months because, <laughs> you know, for a while, Brandon was doing everything that I am not capable of doing. So basically running the business. Um and then it got to a point where he was like, I don't have time to do this. I'm not skilled at like, this is not what I do. So we need to find someone. I, I said, OK, not really thinking that that was something that was going to happen anytime soon. And then without him telling me, he just started bringing you around no. to the office. And I was like, I guess it's like his new friend. I don't even like it is a little weird that we just did the the post with them. I, like, I don't really know what that's about, but like you just kept showing up with like a briefcase. Yeah. And like right. <laughs> like a briefcase and a suit, like very fancy. And I was just like, what is his deal? Like, why? And it was only five of us in the office, like five girls. And we were kind of like, who is this guy that keeps like coming here? And then like sometimes you would sit in like when we would talk in the conference room, you would just like come and like sit in there. And then I think you uh, finally came in with some people from your team. It was Caitlin. Yep. Sarah. And Sarah. Yeah, the two of them. I remember Sarah was like nervous too. I remember really like nervous. watching her on her. She was nervous because I think you probably told her like, this is our pitch moment. Yeah, I did. Like we got to get. Well. Is that what happened? Yeah. So, so yes, I literally spent six months just showing up at the office. And, you know, my feeling was, uh, and I, I'm sure some point or another i shared this with you but like i knew it i felt it right i was like yeah yeah you know what when you, knew you what, see like it. the collaboration i knew i knew mm-hmm. the. i could see the brand like i could see it all coming to fruition over time and that 
the, the skills and experiences I'd had were potentially directly applicable to the things that now needed to happen at the stage that, that you right. were at with, with the business and felt like I could bring it to life with you and that I had some of the resources via autumn that could help that as well. Now, obviously we had to find a way to make that happen eventually, but I, I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to prove it. And a lot of people said to me, like, what are you doing? Like, you have nothing signed. There's no agreement. Why are you, why are you just doing all of this? And I said, because I remember that I, I, I because I want to prove, I want to put my money where my mouth is. I believe it. I kept saying, I kept saying to Brandon, I'm like, what are, what are you paying? Like, like what? And he's like, nothing. Yeah. I was like, what do you, I don't understand. So he's just coming here. I go, there's something very off. I like, know you said that to weird. me. You said it to me. I don't me. like it. <laughs> I did, right? Yeah. I don't remember that specific conversation, but I was like annoyed. Uh, yes, you, know? you were, and you said it. We were. I, we were. I remember one time I was. I was pitching. I, I was standing up in front of you guys. Yeah. And explaining, yeah. you know, I, I built this big, fin, you know, financial formula or spreadsheet or whatever, and I was laying it out for everybody. And you cut me off, and you were like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, didn't Brandon tell you I'd be here today? Like, no, no he didn't. No, he of didn't. course he didn't. Um, yeah. He like he likes putting me on the spot a little bit, which, you know, whatever. I don't yeah. mind. So I, I want you to kind of explain to everyone what your role is at Something Navy. Like, what do you what do you do for Something Navy? Like, obviously, you're the CEO, but what does that entail? So I think depending on the stage of a business, the role of a CEO is always twofold, but kind of goes between these two competencies. One of them is like day-to-day management yeah. and making sure um, that the goals that are set for the organization, whether it's, you know, revenue or KPIs or team uh, hiring needs, product development, whatever that day-to-day executional stuff is, you, you oversee as much of it as you possibly can. Over time, you delegate more than you oversee as a business grows. That's, that's normal. The other function is big picture. Right? Like you have to come up with the strategy to execute against on a day-to-day basis. Coming up with the strategy, you basically amalgamate thousands of touch points based on you know, understanding of the category, understanding your business potential, understanding the brand itself, um, your competitors, et cetera. And you are thinking through what's the best way to, to build this business at a really uh, high high level. So I'll go on a day-to-day basis from a 10,000 foot view of where I think what we're doing today gets us in 10 years from now, right? What, what do we want the brand to be 10 years from now? Um, do we want to be a billion dollar brand doing beauty and hair care and apparel and accessories and God knows what else do we want stores all over Asia and Europe and America? I have to reconcile that really big vision alongside a host of factors like investor relations and you know essentially mutating the financial picture of the business to match the demand externally with mm-hmm. how the hell do we do it how the hell do we do it do we have the people to do it do we have the right people to do it um, can we do it in the time we need to do it and if any of those things aren't coming to fruition how do I check it? How do we get it back in place? How do we make a change? How do we raise more money? How do we keep that uh, train on the track, so to speak? Um, so going between that really big picture view down to really 
really micro stuff. And Mm -hmm. that'll include approving an expense form. We spoke about this this week, even, right? Like it's going from that big picture to that, to that really micro stuff. Um, And I think the skill of a good CEO is to do that seamlessly in a way that no one Mm -hmm. even notices you're doing it. That the time I spend with somebody to review their expense form feels as meaningful as the time I spend with an investor who's going to give us $100 million to expand internationally or something. Both of those interactions Mm -hmm. need to feel um, as important to the person that you're dealing Mm -hmm. with. That's how I boil down. That's how I boil down. Um, my, my job at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I set a lot of goals for myself um, outside of the things that investors see, or even you, you probably see at a more qualitative, you know, level of like, uh, are people happy with the interactions we have, or they leave frustrated feeling like I didn't spend enough time with them. Um, right. And, and so I set goals like that, like that for myself. Um, right. It's challenging. Like something Navy is moving at a speed that I've really never encountered before, uh, like at a, at a business level. Can you get more into that? Like, why is something maybe different from other brands that you've worked on? Like, why is it moving so fast? I, I'll give this most simplified version of, of this. Um, the, uh, you, you move faster if things are more efficient, right? If decision-making is more efficient. Mm-hmm. That, that is like speed is impacted by a level of friction. Problem solving. Right? Like, Friction in a business can be used two ways. You know, friction can create some momentum, right? You need a little bit of traction to get your footing underneath you and go. But once you're going, the less friction you have, the faster you move forward. And mm-hmm. what I always thought from day one was that your decision-making at the brand level, right? Like let's view it as a, a North star that hangs over the business. Everyone can look to and say, oh, that's the direction we're supposed to go. And that's where the North star is. Um, that makes decision-making really, really efficient. And the thing that we spoke about this really early on was that there are a host of things that come very naturally to you in terms of decision-making. You know what you want. It's your lifestyle. And the brand is a literal representation of your lifestyle. And so it's not, you don't have to think about it. It's what you were doing for 10 years, building, building the blog or Instagram, whatever you want to call it. But it was like, it was a pure manifestation of your intentions um, reflected as a lifestyle. And I saw that and said, if you hang that over a set of operations that are proven, right? Like I've done it before. We know how it works. We know how the marketing should grow. We know how systems should operate and how you make product, how you ship it, how you keep customers happy, whatever. If you hang that efficiency over the top of this, then all the decisions that other businesses deal with that are really complicated, like what color is that thing? What does that dress look like? What distribution do you do? What do you not do? You, you don't deal with any of that friction whatsoever. And so once the train gets on the tracks, it starts moving at a really aggressive pace. Um, so I'd say the boiled down version, and you're probably going to hate me saying it like this, is you. It's the truth. It's you. It's the fact that you know what you want the brand to be that makes everything else really easy. And listen, it's double-edged. There have been moments, and I'm sure we could talk about this, where some of that decision-making felt harder to you based on life circumstances, whatever else. And we reflected on it in that time. Right. At, right. Yeah. It's, we, have to, we have to deal with this first before we, we, we get on the checks because 
you being confident in your decision making makes everything else really, really easy. Easy. From the culture we want to build at the company, the people we want to hire, to brand decisions, product decisions, distribution strategies, financial decisions, investor relations. Um, And that's why our, our partnership works so well. Because from an operational perspective, I can make decisions really smoothly based on experience. And you make decisions quickly from a brand perspective. When we marry those two things together, we move at a astronomical pace. And just to put put this out there, because I I think it's um, really important. In year one of the business operating, we we actually just finished our first full year since launch, right? July 17th or something like that was one full year. So we just got through a year. Um, The business grew 500% from where, where it was when, when I first started talking to you. So surreal. That's yeah. Again, I've never, I've never really been involved in anything that can move at that rate. Now, will it continue at that rate long-term is a reflection of how do we tackle things that maybe are more difficult to make a decision on. And so all the time we spend together making decisions, challenging each other, getting upset at each other, arguing with each other, prepares us to handle a set of variables that are going to be totally new to us that neither of us have as much experience or as much ease or confidence um, in dealing with. So that's that's how I view it. I'm sure people listening to this are going to be like, what did he just say? Like, I don't even. <laughs> no, I think it makes so much sense. I, I really do. Um, I actually think that's like how I'm still doing this is the gut intuition and just always following through with that. You know, it's made my career easy for me. So can you tell me about a specific time where something Navy sort of just blew you away? Like where something happened and you were just like, oh, my God, I don't understand what this is. Well, yeah, of course, because there there are a lot of examples of that. But the most impactful one, the one that I go back to the most, because the circumstances of this were, in my opinion, so unique, was the initial launch a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. You've heard me kind of reference this probably a hundred times at one point or another now. But um, we're in the middle of COVID. It's July 2020. We've been planning to launch the brand in April. We ordered inventory for a launch in April. We didn't launch in April. We didn't launch in June. We like we kept on getting pushed back because we're in the middle of COVID. Shipments are delayed. Um, there's a lot happening in the world. And we are waiting, essentially. We also yeah. don't know at all what people's shopping behaviors are going to be like for right. a swimsuit collection, dresses, skirts it was crazy like, yeah we were launching product in july that was meant to launch a, a, in springtime pre-summer and now it's end of summer and so just from a fact fashion and covid and covid yeah. yeah so none of the norms of how people wanted to dress hold true right everyone just wanted to wear sweatpants mm-hmm. or whatever and we could get into equally a conversation about that but um we don't know what's going to happen and you pulled a group of the team members to where you were staying in the Hamptons. I was on the computer to place. I was staying out there and I was on the screen with the team. We have our Shopify up um, so we can see how we perform. We've been teasing the launch for now 
four or five months. Delay, delay, delay. We keep on having conversations where uh, we're like, can we do this? This is the end of the world. How's this going to happen? What are we going to do? I was, I was nervous for sure in, in more right. ways than one. Right. And um, we pressed go. I think it was 10, 10 a.m. on July 17th or something like that. Uh, something like that. It was 10 a.m. Yep. And in 30 minutes, we sold a million dollars worth of product and sold out of basically every single thing on the website. So crazy. I was like shaking. Like I, that like as an entrepreneur, you know, we have highs and we have lows and that's, that's, you have to really enjoy being on a roller coaster like that. That was one of the best highs of, you know, my entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey, like ever in my entire life. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable moment. And then two weeks later, we had to launch another collection because we had so much backed up inventory and people were saying, yep. well, yep. there's just pent up demand on the first one. It's not going to last. People, I'm going around, I'm, I'm telling, telling investors, you know, that were how it did. I'm, I'm telling everyone I know. And people, you know, the skeptics are saying, yeah, it's like, you know, just one time thing. Don't worry about it. Second launch in 10 minutes, we sold $1.2 million worth of stuff in 10 minutes. Like we were all, we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. I mean, th those moments no. are few and far between in the journey of, of, of building a business. And, you know, over time we've experimented with tons of different launch strategies and different stuff. Um, you know, I, I look back and I have to add one other thing. We had no marketing. There was no marketing. It was you on your channel saying, guys, guess what? I'm launching. That was all we did. Um, that mm -hmm. was, um, yeah, that was the biggest signifier of what was to come and where we are today. Um, but also easily one of the best moments I've ever had in my entire career. I think I cried. I was on the verge for sure. Although I'm not a big crier. Only because, <laughs> but only because of like after everything that I like had gone through, I was like so nervous, you know, that. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really, I, it really opened my eyes to my like loyal audience. And it was just, it was really special. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think we could do this for 20 more years. And I don't know if we're going to get a moment that had the consequence and the context. Yep. Of, of that moment for us. And even now I talk to investors raising money or we're hiring team members. And I use, I use these moments as signifiers um, for success and, and um, opportunity because they're, they're so impactful, but uh, yeah, I mean that, yeah, <laughs> that was a special day. So to wrap up our conversation, do you want to share some, exciting things happening with something Navy. The wholesale expansion is, is really motivating because it's a major validator to work with partners that I think can be such a signal and powerful partner for brands in our category. Um, and so the fact that we are expanding with Shop Up, Revolve, Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom's, which that mean <laughs> that one makes us smile big time, Intermix, Rent the Runway, so many amazing retailers. Forget it. It's crazy. It's it's nuts. That's the first no. You, time you got seen. them all. It's wild. I've never seen anything. It's like crazy. That. I've never seen anything like that. And we had partners come to us uh, and say, "We'll take it, whatever." 
like <laughs> right that's right that for us there was no hesitation not much yeah. anyways and it was it was pretty powerful um so that uh, happening in in spring 2022 is a, a big deal um retail expansion um obviously we just opened the la store chicago miami which we're waiting for a final date on but that's happening this fall um oh dallas Dallas. Oh, Dallas yeah. And and I guess the most important part of that is this is like all just the beginning. We see a world in yeah. which we have at least 20 to 25 something Navy stores. Yeah. In the US. And we're listening. We're listening to to the feedback from where everyone wants a store opened. Eventually Toronto, London. I mean, international expansion could happen a lot sooner than we think based on the pace of things. Um, right. Media is expanding really rapidly. Um, in terms of the partners we're bringing on, the collaborations we're doing. Um, obviously, the bath one is really exciting. The activewear one that you teased a little bit recently. I'm not going to name names because I know or I don't know. I think I posted already that it's with Bandier. You could talk about and that. Those are, those are huge stepping stones. I, know. I can't wait. Those are big, big collaborations yeah. that we've been working on for a long time. So collaborations, stores, channel expansion, e-commerce continuing to be our major growth driver overall. Um, this is a dream come true. And we're eyeing category expansion at the end of next year and the year after that, things like beauty, hair care. Right. Um, it's Can't wait for that. It's a lot. And and there's another big update, but again, I'm just going to, we'll go through in the board meeting tomorrow or whatever yeah. that is. And, and um, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. And we'll announce it once it's ironed out, but that's, that's going to be an exciting. Right. Point. You're going to call me right after this. I know. And, and ask me what it is, but anyways, um, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot, lot happening, um, yeah. which is really exciting. I'm firmly, I feel now more than ever. Oh, well, the other thing, closing the most recent round of financing, which we haven't been very public about um is a big deal um right uh mm-hmm. so yeah we're busy <laughs> we're pretty busy yep well thank you so much for joining me and giving us the chance to learn about how integral you are to something navy i feel incredibly lucky to have a supportive and dependable ceo like you helping bring my vision to life Thank you for joining me on the podcast. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Please come back for more as I welcome more of the Something Navy team to join us on the podcast and talk about our special brand and more. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnis and at Something Navy. See you next week.